Well, hello, everybody. What's up? Well, hi. What's up? That's, that's a strong start. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to make it sound the way it sounds live. So for those of you who are listening to this, we didn't do this one live. Um, there's reasons for that. Many. He's None of them. Of the way we look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's basically um, it. six months you... of training, and this is what we get. <laughs> <laughs> what is that from? I don't know. Thought that came out of my brain. Uh, I mean, sure. <laughs> the six you months of training, and this is what we get. Yeah. Cool. Fun. No. Um. We uh, aren't doing it live one because. Um, Denton Stein. Andrew does not have his own camera, and I'd never got him mine, so it's fun. Um, and because I'm in the process of, de- of or I guess we're all in the process of debating whether or not doing a once-a-month live bounty board show would be better for everybody. So we're doing uh, just an audio show this week, and I'm kind of okay with it. It's so low. It's so low. Um, Some, something bit me. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Was, yeah, I don't know. I felt something sharp. I felt something sharp, then I felt it flutter away. It's, it's, it's like a, it's like an Angry Bird or something. It's great that you're doing a visual bit on the first uh, <laughs> non-live one yeah. in a while. I can see I you hopping at all, you guys, and like so, swatting at things in the air, and the audience is like, "What? What uh, is happening now?" So, I had a pretty pivotal point in my life. Uh, I've been in the ocean a lot throughout my entire life, and nothing's ever happened. Nothing bad ever. When in a in in a lake. You'll get nibbled on by a fish. You're like, teehee, that's cute. But yeah. like, and I got stung by a stingray last a couple years ago. And now, yeah. every time I'm doing the yard and a little stick like scrapes my ankle, I'm like, Hoo-hoo-hoo. you know, I'm like <laughs> every little thing freaks me out now. Yeah, you said you felt a jab and looked down and saw the prong come out. No, right? I saw the barb. So I pulled my foot out of the water out and the barb was hanging into my foot. It looked like a six foot inch long leech. And I lost my balance, put my foot down, bring it back out, and it was gone. So I didn't see it come out. Ah. Oh, okay. I saw it in two stages, and then I started bleeding everywhere. So if somebody on that beach got eaten by a shark that day, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so anyway. So anyway, yeah. Audio podcast. Where were we? I like it. I like <laughs> it because it's. I like it because it feels so much more low impact. Yeah, it really is, and I think, not to steal the mic again. Uh, last episode. Um, I was trying to talk about something I'm very passionate about, and because two and a half of the other members went completely <laughs> dead, Caleb, I say two and a half because Caleb snapped out. I went, the other, I went dead for a second and then went, oh shit. Yeah, the other two are like Star Wars droids that were asked to power down, <laughs> and it was really distracting, and I, if you go back and listen, you'll hear me start to stutter when I start talking about Warframe, because I can't so, talk with people not looking at me and it's whatever. fine talking when you can't see them but when you can tell sure. that they're not paying attention Oof, it's boy, worse it, it derailed <laughs> so me hard that, that you replaced your droids with new droids and that's why we're oh, here boy yes welcome <laughs> guys we'd uh, like to introduce tech, tech and ryan i would like to point out i did not sign up to replace you i'm so sorry you had to find out like this so let's not beat around the bush caleb tell everybody who's joining us today yes so the the quiet one is denton stein and the loud, boisterous one is Dentalicious. I'm kidding. It's just because Denton Stein's microphone's either better or he talks quieter. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've got the Dent brothers, Adam and Andrew, uh, hanging out with us. They How do you been, know them? I've been friends with them for five and a half years. Met them through 
our mutual friend Jeff working at Starbucks, which was feels like a fucking lifetime ago. It felt like a different uh, life. Yeah. yeah, it was almost like people but went outside back then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I've known them for for years now. You used and, to be able uh, to get coffee from a store. He used to talk to friends in the real physical life. Now we're doing this, the podcast, see? Um, but yeah, we've uh, we've known each other for a while, and we actually only kind of recently started playing games together consistently. Uh, we had, like, uh, I'm trying. Yeah, no, true. We had, like, an on-again, off-again relationship with Battlefield 4 when the system, yeah. when, when, the, when it was popular. Um, and then... Boy, it's real hard to get a bunch of people to play something these days. I'll, I'll take some responsibility for that as being a um, uh, determinedly non-console person since the Xbox sure. 360. Yep. So, oh, that's, that's a good point. I've only recently been able to play games with you. Right. Because my PC is worth a shit now. Yeah. Well, um, and between that and cross-platform cross, uh, play becoming sure. a thing yep. that people sure. have, uh finally started doing. Yeah. Thanks, this, Microsoft. Uh, this last like calendar year has been the evolution of me having a la- a MacBook that's not good for playing much, but FTL and Into the Breach all the way <laughs> to now where I'm I haven't played so CFDs. just games made by subset okay let's well, yeah just subset games yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and game game dev tycoon I did play that um, but also there I guess moving to now when like I haven't played Sea of Thieves or Bleeding Edge on Xbox in months. Hmm. I play it on PC. Hmm, and see if these on PC is great. It's pretty. It's it great. Is. It looks real good. It looks real yeah. good. But if you haven't noticed, this is a video game podcast. What? It's Brownie Board. Oops. <laughs> it's a weekly game podcast. Where, where am I? Um, wrong room. <laughs> and, and, wrong oh, turn. shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong class. Um, <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Caleb at Lovewub. Um, with us, as always, is Sketch Sawyer. Ben, what's up, Ben? Guten Abend. And then, as I just introduced, uh, we've got Adam Dent. Hello, Adam. Hi. Dentalicious everywhere. If you're looking Dentalicious, for yes. And Don't his brother Dent. Though. Don't look for me, though. <laughs> and his brother Denton Stein, Andrew. Yep. Uh, you can. You can. <laughs> said, uh, yep. You can probably find me if you try. <laughs> this is weird. Why are we talking like this? I don't know. Um. <laughs> Because it feels better front of show than end of show. I don't know. Maybe not. You know, the great thing about us not doing this live, you can cut it, put it wherever you want. <laughs> oh my god, that's true. Just that's stuff true. it in the tail end. Like you can just discard all of this, uh, especially just the part stuff about it in us the tail end. Is the name of my <laughs> high school ska band. <laughs> you could you could replace that whole bit about us talking about replacing Ryan and Tex, so they never have to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't replace it, and they still won't hear it. Um, oh. Good point. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, this week's been kind of fucking nuts for games, specifically the last like three days. I would say this week yeah. is a bit of an overstatement. I think. Like <laughs> sure. Four, Forty-eight hours. Tuesday and cycle. Wednesday have been fucking nuts, basically. Yeah. And a lot um, of the stuff that we weren't necessarily expecting. Can we talk Maybe about that were... first? Can we talk about that first? Drop on it. Because Xbox got some really juicy shit leaked. And then rather than playing coy and not saying shit, Xbox tweeted a confirmation or a okay. So I guess please, the details please call, of the whole story. Please call news juicy. But don't call shit juicy, please. <laughs> Sometimes Just, they are, Ben. And you I know, to, but as soon as the sooner you're comfortable this, with that reality, the sooner you'll be able to deal with it. Oh boy. 
It's a video game podcast. Not yeah. a, it's a video game poo. Not a GI podcast. We could uh, change <laughs> government tones issue? real quick. Uh, maybe watch some different links <laughs> instead. Maybe watch what? Different links instead. I can find some. I can find some videos. We can learn about some poops instead. <laughs> oh, some no. juice, some juicy shit. Put that He's audio like, in the uh, put that audio in the podcast. <laughs> He's like, excuse me, someone asked for juicy shit. If you could find one of those uh, like informational videos that they played in high school and maybe in like the seventies about your your GI tracts and your that would be uh, oh sure pretty good. Wait, yeah. there'll be an ad in between the the videos that that's yeah. the duck and cover songs. <laughs> duck and cover. Um. Anyway, so I just. I just pulled up Xbox's Twitter because I was like, I'm like, I want to review this Xbox. It's like track. two. You. It's like yeah. two in the morning. No, 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 but but two hours ago they announced a new robot white controller that's a next gen controller that works with the current gen. Fuck off! What? It's. I mean, it looks like it's pretty much just a basic controller, but they're like, oh yeah, it's, this is a new controller. And then an hour ago they just like did a tweet basically of sort of some of the stuff you just said, and they're just like, oh, here's what's happened in the past week with all of our stuff. It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So a couple days ago, a couple days ago, Xbox, Hmm. Xbox's plans for the Series S got leaked, right? And people were like, Mm -hmm. "Oh shit!" And the even more important than just that happening, it was the Series S and its price and its date. Right. It was like Series S is a thing. This is what it looks like. It's three hundred dollars, and it's November. It's coming out November tenth, and like. That's a big fucking leak. Well, yeah. it, that's yeah. a big leak. I love the um, response. Was uh, that puppet, the monkey puppet, just giving yes, you the side ex- eye? Exactly, dude. <laughs> yeah. That was their was response. So good. And then uh, a little while later, it says, "All right, well, let's just make it official." I love um, it. Um, and then their their official tweet about it says, "This is the tweet ellipsis." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love we that. know you've yeah. been waiting for this. Here it is. They're just like, why not? It's so good, and it's and the even better part about it is that it was like two in the morning. Yeah, like this wasn't like something yeah. they did. <laughs> their community and manager was up. <laughs> yeah, I, their community manager was up and was like, "Well, yeah, there, I guess there we got to roll with this." There was well, a, they probably have a community manager team, and there there was a midnight probably. conference call, and Phil Spencer probably got woken up to be like, yeah. "Uh, what do we do?" <laughs> no doubt. Right. Yeah, sure, sure, one hundred percent, and like, that's awesome. It's awesome that they were that agile. It's awesome that they were that that uh, willing to play ball. I bet you can do... So I have a tweet alerts for when Butcher Queen is mentioned. They obviously can't have one for Xbox because that would just be it's a just machine all the gun time. blast. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I wonder if you can set one for over a certain number of mentions. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So I'm, they had an I'm alert. A, I'm positive that's how you they got You don't think they have AI processing some of those well, tweets? Come on. They probably have like <laughs> yeah, a, sure. a, a like a news alert too for like something like leak and Xbox and yeah, um, sure, yeah, sure. And if something like that starts trending, getting a certain number of hits, then they probably go, okay, well let's let's investigate. So what we don't know though are the S stats versus the X stats. Yes, we do. Uh, yes, we do. Yeah, and oh, it's yeah. fucking wild. Do you know is why? It official? Yes, it is. Yeah, they, and you they know, have an you asset know, on their page. And do you know why it's fucking wild? Because they have the same fucking CPU in them. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the Series X true. and the Series S have... Okay, sorry. It. They're both 8-core AMD Zen 2s, which yeah. is correct. big. Oh, two less, the, two less point, the Series point two S gigahertz. is 3.6 gigahertz instead of 3.8. Um, um, 
But like same, the same the GPU. biggest the biggest difference between these systems wow. is just one's made for lower resolution. Well, the GPU. Well, Which, I guess, yeah. but four teraflops versus twelve. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's got less than half the compute cores on the uh, GPU. Yeah. Um, so it's it's basically same architecture, uh, just trimmed down a little bit. Yeah. But actually, I I think there's something interesting in that. I think that what that's actually telling us probably is that the Series X is overpowered for what they need for 4K console gaming. Oh sure. And, and I mean, I get that sure. they're still running the Series S at lower resolution, but I still think that that's probably an indicator that that's still overpowered for what it what it is and what it's doing. Sure. I, yeah, I, it's, cool. that, uh, it's interesting because I know there's a large chunk of the gaming community that does not give a shit at all about 4K. Yeah. Most. I would argue oh, most. Sure. Most yeah. of the gaming community yeah, is if like, you don't, cool. If you don't have a big 4K television, then the, the Series S seems like, honestly, it'll be just fine to start with. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I think actually that's one of the things that the 120 frames per second, I think there's a lot of people who do care about 4K and are like, oh, that's great, like faster is better. But there's pretty much two camps. I want either faster or more frame rates, mm-hmm. you know, more frames, frag noobs, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or I want higher resolution. And they're like, hey, look, we're doing both. So whatever whatever your poison is, you can do it on an Xbox. You don't mm. have to do that on a PC now. Yeah. Uh, another big difference is the size of the storage solution. Um, because it's got we, a built-in it's 500. Got, yeah, it's got 500 for the S and a terabyte for the X. Um, yep. Which, yep. you know, like, it, I mean, how many gigs was Flight Sim to download? Like, 150? Yeah, something like 140? that. 140? And, like, like Call, Call of Duty was, was like, similarly 100. So, something. like, five games. Yeah, so so we're talking <laughs> about like there there is a big difference in how much you're going to yeah. be able to keep on there, um, but it's also a it's a it's upgradable, right? You can increase the internal yeah. storage. Oh, sure. There's there's an expansion it's... card spot, and, and I don't know how that. I mean, honestly, I I'm confused by the expansion card stuff because the thing is, NVMe SSDs are so much faster than like anything else, and I'm not sure how the how the speeds of the expansion cards will stack up to that hmm. and, it, and it makes me makes me wonder if you'll have to buy a really pricey like a, a, you know xbox branded um expansion card to plug into it to get the full performance because they made a big splash about how the next generation nvme ssds are going to make a big difference in the next gen of games and how sure. they can load things they talked about um what's the other oh, goofy name the uh <sighs> something Xbox something architecture that oh, um, Xbox velocity velocity architecture yeah that's the one yeah I was like it's such a like generic and goofy name that they went with there that basically is going to determine what textures need to be loaded and load just those textures from the SSD yeah. and if you're if you're degrading speeds you're going to start seeing like you know pop-ins and things like that you're, which you won't be though they did. There is actually a whole thing because Seagate is making the official Xbox memory, and it is. It's a. It's a Gen Four NVMe SSD. But, but what I'm talking about is if you're expanding your storage. No, no, no. The, the expansion module. So, it, but you will have to buy like an Xbox one. It's not like you're just gonna it buy. It like it. Buy yeah. like a hard drive off the shelf and stick it in there. Is my point. Yeah. Like so. Yeah. It, it looks like you will have to. Buy or it that way. or you could buy. Maybe you can buy a regular ass hard drive, but your games are just gonna perform. Like they do now. Well, the games won't perform differently. It's just going to load a little longer. 
That's performance, mm-hmm. isn't it? Not really. Well, no. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a very different looking device yeah. there. Hmm. Uh, you know, performance is measured by frame rate, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not how long it took you to get your frame rate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think though the the point there is too. I think sort of what Andrew is saying is that there the technology they're using in that velocity architecture, which they talked about a little bit um, in a video I watched. I watched that earlier today. Is that they're going to try and make it so they're only loading certain parts of textures, which they can only do on a super fast SSD. Um, so I don't know if there's going to be like a compatibility mode for it, or what they might actually do is they might uh, use the internal storage, they might have some of it set aside as caching. So when you plug in, it loads in what it needs to do that into that cached uh, Mm. section or partition of the internal drive, Mm -hmm. regardless of the speed of your actual drive to make that function. That would make a lot of sense. I don't know, but it would make sense to do it just, that way, right? Just, just my thinking about the, the storage space that you're talking about, and it's probably not going to be a cheap thing to buy more storage space for this thing. It's not going to be just like a whatever yeah. hard drive deal yeah. comes along. You can just jam yeah. it in there. So maybe it would be cost-effective for you to just get the $500 version. If you can afford it, yeah. Right. I, I think. Well, possibly. we got a lot of news to cover, guys, so yeah. not to yeah. cut you short. but Probably moving oh, it on. Let's do it. Yeah. So that first tweet with the monkey with the nervous face was at one oh seven in the morning, mm-hmm. and then by two thirteen, um, they were they confirmed it. Yeah, yeah. very good. And, uh, and it's great. Also, at the end of their like tweet confirming it, they tweeted a picture an em- an emoji of a lock, like a like a key like a pad not padlock. Um, you know, like a lock you put on your locker. What are those things uh, called? Padlock. Okay, padlock. Combina- yeah. Combination padlock? Is that what you're... No, it's just a padlock. Oh. Um, so they threw up an emoji of a padlock and then an emoji of a heart, which, if people have been paying attention to the, the lingo, there's been a rumored Xbox Project Lockhart being announced. Hmm. So this is them pointing and confirming this is Lockhart. Gotcha. The S, the $300 S. The S, the uh, S was Lockhart. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Next story. Moving on, you want to keep it. You want to keep it in the Microsoft neighborhood and talk about sure, yeah. Game Pass. Because this morning, uh, Game Pass decided to add EA Play. Hell yeah! Yeah, to it. Not not effective this morning, but right, right, right. Uh, effective later this fall. Um, everybody with like Xbox Game Pass Ultimate memberships going to have EA Play as a part of it, which is all of it's. If you've never heard of EA Play, it's EA Access. They just changed the name of it like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. <laughs> I thought it was. Long. I thought it was like in the spring they changed it to EA Play. They announced it in the spring. Oh, okay. I think it changed in like early August or late now, July. I don't need more games to choose from. Yes, but you do. This is incredible. This is. Incredible. I don't need more games to choose from, but I have five. I'm already paying games, for but I'll take it. I definitely want more. <laughs> I'm already no, paying. Well, one, I'm already paying for both of these, so now I get to get rid of my EA Access yeah, subscription. That's great. Oh, and yeah. and two, I was thinking about just canceling it on my console and getting EA Play on PC because I don't need more games on my console. So, but I would love to have the EA core games on PC. Yeah. And little... now this is both PC and console for Game Pass Ultimate, and right. so like I don't have to worry about it anymore. I can see what Battlefield looks like on my PC. I don't know what how I it's going to like how it's going to affect like get a Game Pass Ultimate which covers both PC and Xbox, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Um, but I just came across an article that points out that the Game Pass for PC is actually going up to 10 bucks a month starting this month. I think that's if you do it separately. If you do Game Pass Ultimate, it's still Right, 15. yeah, so I'm thinking that that price is still there, but the, the Game Pass for PC is going up. I wonder if they're so. ramping up uh, their size of their catalog, finally. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're like, nearly doubling it with the EA Play stuff, so... <laughs> sure. And, and it might yeah. be an indication, too, that they're considering it, like, no longer beta soon, which it's yeah. still, if you open up the, the, the Game Pass app, it says, like, beta in there, so... Yo, they have ten, hmm. Game Pass has ten million members. That's crazy. Yeah, that's ten million people paying at least ten dollars a month. Yeah, yeah, I looked this up uh, a couple weeks ago, arguing with some Sony fanboy, <laughs> and I was just like, "Yeah, they're doing good, man. Game Pass is a huge success." And they're making a hundred million dollars a month for yeah. nothing. Well, yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's, I, I think they, they're seeing the sea change in media consumption yeah. like you know the rise of the netflix and the hulus and the disney pluses of the world seems to be the way most people want to consume their media and so yeah. offering them a plan for their video games that's functionally the same sort of system like saying here's a place where you just pay a monthly fee and you get access to a bunch of different stuff i think it's real smart i mean uh netflix of gaming sounds like a pipe dream for like our entire lives well, and it's Netflix, here. Netflix didn't exist when I was 15. But Remember like, Gamefly? <laughs> I do. Oh All I those signed ads. up for Gamefly three or four or five different times. The game would come out, couldn't afford it. $10 a month? Let's do this. Let's make a new great. email. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it lets you come back as often as you want. It was actually filled the void for quite a while. I yeah. really enjoyed Gamefly. Yeah. Um, now, we don't have to worry about it. Not so much. <laughs> Also, I mean, I guess this kind of this whole podcast is kind of dedicated to Xbox. This episode, um, it's because Sony's lurking because in the shadows. Sony's sucking their thumbs in a corner. Yeah, uh, I have no idea what the fuck Sony's doing. Yeah, any <laughs> minute now, guys, come on. So, uh, but the uh, reason, the reason, oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, a quick thought, over. just uh, not you know, I don't want to derail things, but I think it is interesting. Adam uh, linked us to the um, storage expansion card for Xbox Series, and if you notice, that is on Seagate's website. Um, and the fact that Seagate has that accessory for the Xbox queued up and a whole page available shortly after its launch makes me think that Xbox probably was planning on this being revealed soon anyway. Sure. Yeah, um, Phil Spencer said something about telling us about something in September. So. Yeah. Yeah. The there had been uh, some discussions about this module in the past. Um, it was sort of footnotes before, so I don't know how long this has been up. I'm assuming it did get a lot more data added to this page, though, today. Yeah. I'm, I'm really not too sure. Also, anyway. let me be completely honest. Two terabytes, even if it's 100 bucks, is enough. Because, like, games, by and large, aren't going to be much bigger unless they're AAA, because, like, we've seen in the last five to ten years, high-resolution games are AAA, and you get few and far. Those are few and far between. Mm -hmm. So, like... A two terabyte of these, even if it's a hundred bucks, is enough for you to have enough games that you can be actively playing. Mm -hmm. Like, like Ryan and I have. Ryan has a four terabyte expansion. I have a two terabyte expansion on top of my one terabyte Xbox One X, and I have too many games installed mm -hmm. because I play like seven of them. And so there is this beef of people that are like, it's only five or six games, but like you're never playing more than five or six games 
Consistent. Yeah, no, you're just fair. arguing the point. You only play one game, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, you, but you boot up Madden every night. What are you complaining about? Yeah. So, you know, the flight simulator, uh, as part of their rollout, and this didn't get a ton of coverage, but uh, the reason it was installed through, like, its own installer is because Microsoft was using some new uh, compression techniques for installing games. That that was such a big game they sort of needed to, but I suspect we're going to see that on next-gen consoles. Sure. So, what makes games me think that it should be, be a lot quicker. Yeah, they might yep. be smaller, at least to install, uninstall. So, even if they take up a lot of space, it, even if you have slower internet, you may still be able to install yeah, stuff pretty boot quickly. it in and yeah. then it unpack when it's there. But I gotta think. That's it, speculation, but... Yeah. yeah if, sure. if you're getting a next-gen console, I gotta think you probably need to start looking at those bandwidth, like, the, uh, uh, not bandwidth, uh, data caps. <laughs> I, yeah, I right know, now yeah. AT&T Fiber doesn't have a data cap. Yeah, I don't have right. one. Yeah, no, I don't either. Uh, I got a, I signed up for their package, and then, like, at the six-month point, which I didn't realize was six-month point, I got an email, of course. It said, data lim limit uh, close to being reached or something. I'm like, wait, <laughs> excuse me. So excuse you? <laughs> that was not <laughs> our agreement. Yeah, I had to call and renegotiate. But. So, uh, a real quick uh, comment about uh, storage space and games. I'm... Um, very terrible about that sort of thing. Uh, a quick check of my uh, my PC collection here suggests I currently have 33 <laughs> games installed. So just a, a thought on that and why it's that's not. Yeah, sure. It's not exorbitant, I don't think. No, no, I but have just, I have close to that too. Why why my storage 26. consideration comes to mind is because I'm the sort yeah. of person that that will keep a bunch of stuff installed because I I like to flip between them like a butterfly. Yeah, but also how much yeah. space is that taking up on your Oh, I mean terabytes. Because you've got like you've got like <laughs> Crusader Kings. Sure, uh, I've got like forty nine games installed, and that doesn't use a single terabyte drive completely. Hmm. Interesting. Because uh, Valorant's small, Alto's small, Stardew's yeah, small. Yeah, I mean I don't know how much. I've got like my exactly, BattleTechs and Grounded that take up a ton of space, but most games are like. Fun yeah, fact: uh, gigs, Crusader Kings two does a lot of auto saving for you. Um, and between that and like custom saving, I recently discovered when I was moving drives around that I had um, like 50 gigs of, of Crusader Kings Jeez. 2 saves. Wow. That's <laughs> a lot of saves. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Assholes. And the, the, the crazy thing about it is, is that like, you know, a lot of it was me saving as I quit out of the game, like exactly where it was and just like, you know, picking up there next time. Um, so it sure. never got overwritten. Um, and then they're fairly big save files because they've got a lot of data about the world state that they have to keep track of. Um, and then the unfortunate thing about it is because the like the, there's, there's been so many updates, like most of them weren't usable unless I rolled back to the specific like version that they were created on. So I, I deleted a whole bunch of that that I was like, yeah, definitely we'll never come back to these. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I ever had an experience where a game saved so many individual files that it blew yeah. me away. But I do remember getting to a point on one of my PlayStations where it was like, "You got to delete stuff." Yeah, I couldn't figure out what it was until I did find a game that I had like fifty independent saves in. <laughs> yeah, Jeez, Red Dead. Red Dead was like that. I was sure. always like, oh. "I don't know when I'm gonna want to come back to this." Sure. Uh, the, to this specific scene, so every save was a different file. <laughs> uh, so it's a lot. <laughs> Yeah. It's a lot. All right. Um, well, we probably. But speaking of, yeah, <laughs> to go back to my comment that this whole episode's kind of about 
Xbox shit. Um, <clears throat> oh, I guess, well, hold on. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Sorry, it's a lot of... I don't know where the colons are in that title, but... I just wrote down... They could have just called it Call of Duty Cold War, and it would have been great. Um, Cod Black Cold War. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm done with that game, officially. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done with that game, like, because of that? (laughs) Yep, it's done. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, so Black Ops Cold War got announced, like, a month ago. Um, It's a very... uh... With a very very prescient, debated, tr- very prescient teaser, yeah. Are we yeah, talking really about? Are we talking in... about virtual Reagan? No, I think we're talking about what's a Yuri Bekmambetov. No. Yeah, the the oh, Russian yeah, 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 operative right. talking you're, about how to oh, overthrow a government. Yeah, <laughs> talking about that's... political Marxism, which is like a alt right Ca- topic catchphrase, right? Now. Yeah, Bezmenov. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. The one who had many other um, horrific sorts of writings, and they decided to cherry pick one little thing. Yeah, and not like <laughs> the things that then came from that writing, just right. just that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, like Kotaku wrote an article that trended on Twitter for like two days because it was like, yeah, yeah I read that. Um, one. this game might toy with some ideas that are dangerously yeah. alt right. I'm not, I'm not um, super confident in their abilities to handle that. No, hmm. no, I don't know about their abilities, but I do want. Has the Call um, of Duty game ever made you feel bad about America? Yeah, the the opening scene for one of them, we were on the back of the truck, riding through a desert, shooting people, shooting like indigenous people. Which one? Was oh, that's that? Black Ops Two. Yeah. So, so you do so, know if you should have faith in them. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but I don't know if I was supposed to feel bad, but I did. Um, I so, started playing that game literally after that level. You're that, driving yeah. through Africa, and I was like, Nah. That that feels like you, perhaps your personal um, ethical that's compass. A, that's what there. I was. That's what I was thinking. But I was hoping, this being the Cold War, being Black Ops, now I haven't played each one, um, but I'm hoping that they would would go into some gray areas that looks kind of messy. Yeah. That that seems sort of um, uh, not, uh, it's multinational, a multinational view of people doing shitty things for their country. Yeah, my concern though is that they that they romanticize those shitty things yeah. people do for the country. Today's show was a very romantic view <laughs> yeah. of oh, what definitely. could have been a serious topic. But today was all about gameplay and multiplayer and all that stuff. So it was very yeah. bombastic. But yeah. um, I'm hoping whoever wrote it has a more somber approach to being, I don't know, I somehow off, off the books. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, that's what I hope. Yeah. yeah well, whether, I get my, it, whether I get it or not, we'll see. Modern Warfare made a point of being like, there's a fine line between right and wrong, and like, cool. And then the game you play is like, I never feel like I'm doing a bad thing. I feel like I'm doing a thing that the government doesn't say is okay, but I never feel like I'm doing a bad thing for the sake of good. No, and there was no, uh, there was no, there, no Russian mission. Yeah, there, there was, was never there was a no, moment uh, in that game where I was like, ugh, this sucks. Yeah, there was this no sucks. white phosphorus mission, like in, um... Well, there is that scene where you're playing as as Farah and her brother crawling through Uzbekistan after it's been gas bombed. That does yeah, suck. That was pretty shocking. But, but they but make you, it the Russians who did it. Right. <laughs> That's not how that worked. Right. And then so, the, like, the, the highway of death was uh, this sort of um, analogy yeah. um, of, of there's bad things that happened over there without placing any blame. Right. Um, yeah. But not to get too political, but 
Um, get too so Call they, of Duty they does dance. a good job talking about things, but a bad job about bad job of talking about things correctly, <laughs> or it even seems, how they happened. Uh, I would like. I don't know. Maybe this is not the right, or or depending on your views, the perfect climate to be to, to voice your opinion one way or the other to be polarizing. I I think the 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 issue I see in in them like towing the line but refusing to comment on it is that that is in itself a political statement. Yeah, that's sure. saying we are okay if you see this and think it's explicitly endorsing these ideas. We don't care if you see this and you say like, oh, well, we're comfortable with killing civilians because I played that in Call of Duty. Like, mm-hmm. if they don't take a strong editorial tone against, you know, like war crimes or or you know, pointing out the wrongs and the ills of war, then they're they're implicitly that's a statement. They're implicitly saying yeah. we're okay if yeah. you take the wrong message away from this. And that's, Man, there's I, a really there's a really great line in Spider-Man, um, uh, Homecoming, where Tony asks Peter why he does it, and he like gets real somber and he says, "When you can do what I can do, and you don't, then when the bad things happen, it's your fault." Sure. Hmm. And like Call of Duty, I think has very much the same opportunity, where if you're gonna talk about this shit like you do, and you don't actually say anything about it, then when people take it the wrong way, it's your fucking fault. Maybe. Maybe though they're letting they're writing it in a way for people that are in the know to look at it and go, oh, that's fucked up. And everybody else to go, hoorah, you know. So like when we're seeing Reagan give a bunch of hard asses that keep their glasses on in front of the president these black <laughs> ops orders and to stay off the books. And if you get caught, you, we're gonna uh, disavow any knowledge of you. Then then those of us who sort of know about the CIA and Noriega and Contra Wars and stuff like that were like, oof, this is this is right on the money. Everybody else sure. is like, hell yeah, brother. You know, like, so maybe it's a little bit of both, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. definitely, definitely. So, right. so I think, though... Reagan's my favorite. This is great. Right. <laughs> I think also, so like myself being somebody who I, I will fully admit that I'm a little bit ignorant to, you know, some of this history around the Cold War, I still think, though some of their commentary is meant to be sort of just like look look at all of this carnage mm-hmm. and based on that whether you know or don't know sort of it is I guess to your point you're forming your own opinion and maybe them allowing that is taking a stance but I think that's kind of the reality of war to some extent obviously I've never been in combat so I you know I have no idea what war is actually like but I think mm-hmm to say hey look these are the things that happen and then after the fact you're sort of left with figuring it out mm-hmm. is i feel like there's some some honesty to that that i kind of appreciate but perhaps i don't know i think we may all be giving them entirely too much credit for how much they've thought about <laughs> this yeah. oh come on oh come on also, also like, game devs are very thoughtful guns people. cool explosions better let's that was go. today's show yeah that was today's yeah. show yeah yeah Fair. Also, Fair. there's a there's a an opportunity that I have a feeling they won't address, but they might. Um, that like there's no way you do a game in the cold about the Cold War, about deniable ops, about with Ronald Reagan taking place in the 80s and then literally showing us in Miami. Mm-hmm. There's no way you do all of those things and don't talk about the war on drugs. Oh sure. Which like we know. We know it's the government being like, here's a bunch of drugs. Now let's super criminalize them. Um, so, like, yeah, we'll see. 
maybe if they talk about that, if they're straight up like, yo, Reagan started a war against poor people, and like, then fuck, okay, cool. But will a Call of Duty do that? I don't think really enjoy if they do take a hard swing against that and the right wing meme lords are like well I'm never playing Call of Duty again if that happens <laughs> I'm gonna go okay oh, God, they that'd be so it. delicious they did it but time I, to buy I Call really of Duty every year again right. because their marketing <laughs> department is afraid of it they don't yeah, want to miss out on soling, selling units by taking a stand on anything. That's if they all take a doing. stand, I'm buying stock and Treyarch <laughs> well it's Activision <laughs> Blizzard but yeah um hmm. Yeah, Treyarch's probably not public, but still. Yeah. Well, Activision I Blizzard's... Were, I thought they were uh, owned by Activision Blizzard. They are. Okay. They are, All right. probably. Yeah, yeah. You, that's publicly yeah. traded. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want Activision Blizzard stock. Um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. Upon, upon thinking about it, I rescind my opinion. On second thoughts, I will pass. <laughs> yeah, sure. um, last thing that's news that's not game-related, um, uh, the Dune trailer came out today. And if you've seen Blade Runner 2049, and you remember how beautiful that movie is, this movie's going to be just as fucking pretty. Um, it looked significantly less colorful. I, I, you know, it's, I, about, I wrote, it's about deserts, so I wrote, it has to be I wrote be down in my notes. I pointed <laughs> out, how, how about that reality. star-studded cast? Like, that's incredible. Like, incredible. I mean, you yeah, saw some, some great faces that, are, that like they flashed on for a second. You're like, wow, neat. Um, visually, I said it's incredible. So long as you mostly like sand colors. <laughs> no, it's 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 got the Man of Steel wash treatment. It's not even as colorful as a desert. No, it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's a desert with red somebody with red blue colorblind. But I mean, you saw it. <laughs> or a green green blue colorblind or something. Yeah, so you know. Adam, what it's Adam in the desert. Oh. <laughs> This is what Adam said. Oh, so that, that that's how we beautiful to you. See? <laughs> so, I I never saw the um, previous Dune film films. I oh stupid. boy! Yeah, get go to Illinois, get some edibles, come home, yeah, so and I, lose your fucking mind. So I don't know what the visual language is like in that, but this is real like real muted tones and real grimy looking. The original stuff. was muted too. Yeah. Um. So you guys but, do know that, like, when you're in the desert and it's very, very hot, and you're out where the sun's super bright, color does wash from the cones in your eyes. I right? don't care; it's a movie. <laughs> but if it here. takes place in a desert, I mean, so like the Dune. It, no, it takes books, place on multiple planets. The whole the, movie's washed out. It got the Man of Steel treatment, Caleb. You know this; it's been stripped. So no, man. Dune. If you've read Dune or know like the Dune universe, it's about a bleak, post-apocalyptic world oh, okay. where the colors so washed out of everything, and like they, and the reason that's why they the have blue eyes is. Well, that's the from reason the spice. They, yeah, that's from the spice that they that they yeah. The stuff. The reason they have stuff in their nose and they're wearing those enclosed suits is because moisture is so important in that universe <laughs> that you piss into your suit and it becomes your drinking water and your suit recycles absolutely every ounce of water you create. Aqua vita. <laughs> Aqua pita. Uh, so, so my thought is though on the topic of like that color scheme, like Blade Runner had a, a huge swath of the movie that had really muted colors and then just insane pops of color. Yeah. Yeah. That just stabbed through it. So I didn't see yeah. any of that in this, but I it makes me wonder if there's going to be, be there. There's going to be some high contrast in there that's really going to look. Contrast was there. Yeah, I saw that for sure. It was a very dull gray background. They had those almost Star Trooper white soldiers being yeah. like dropped down. I thought that yeah. was one of the neat scenes. Um, my uh, the uh, my sphere of influence, my my internet circle, my bubble, also seemed to be. 
a little underwhelmed. Um, I, I think it was an odd trailer. I love Dennis Villanueva a lot. Yeah. Uh, Blade Runner kicked me right in the crotch. I oh, yeah. left that movie going, I don't even want to create anymore. <laughs> like, this is just... <laughs> this is it. It's this is apex creativity. <laughs> Why bother? <laughs> yeah. Um, That's like the highest And I was with my creative partner right now, and he just laughed, but... Um, He's like, you better... But I think it's an odd trailer with really dull moments. Like, there's yeah. times where I'm actually zoning out because it's just somebody's face turning yeah. or it's somebody in the shadows. And it's just... And there's somebody in the sunlight. I'm like, this is not interesting. Now, maybe for those who read the book, that's like, oh, that's Queen Sumsa, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, like, yeah. right. But for everybody else who just has David Lynch's fever dream in our heads, you know, this <laughs> means nothing. So, um, you know, I thought it was very dull and I hated the song choice... Yeah, and uh, the interesting parts there. were too sparse. I, um, the guy coming out of the mud was interesting. I'm like, what is that? Give me more. Was and that, then the was troops sort of like that wasn't actually no, it was no, a, it wasn't. But I think it's the same stocky guy. So I, the same I, no, group of, I think the it, same group of people. They're like they're like perhaps. harbingers. But there's also like a really big fat leader, like like obese sort of like yep. that floats through the air uh-huh. in the original movie. He was some sort of like super uh, uh, totalitarian sort of, you know what I'm talking about, gotcha. dictator kind of figure, right? And so, but that guy coming out of the mud looked sort of roundish, so maybe that's so you're him. thinking but, maybe some sort of like you know mud bath, like to the extreme kind of thing. Yeah, it's made of people, <laughs> but um, <laughs> and then the, the falling troops is really cool, yeah. and then white face Batista looked great. So, yeah. um, uh, so. <laughs> I had a thought about this trailer as well, I and, and I have a, cur- a curiosity. Uh, what's your take on Timothy Chalamet? Okay, so that's what I was going to say. The world has been in love with this, the guy playing Paul Atreides. The, the main, main character, character, the kid who's yeah. like, I can see the okay, future. Okay, okay. Fear is the so mind like, killer. The world's been on Timothy Chalamet's dick for like a long time, and I've been like, <laughs> whatever, I don't get it. I don't get it. This trailer, I was like, I get it. <laughs> I get that, it. Uh, that medium length curly hair and the long nose. Homie, yeah, was, homie is smoky. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I but also, think... this movie is full of smoky ass dudes. Momoa, yeah. Brolin, Batista, uh-huh. Oscar yeah. Isaac, Stellan sure, Skarsgård, yeah. Javier yeah. Bardem. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. It's too many yeah. people that are attractive. It, uh, you know, uh, there's a certain. Wear loose pants in the theater. I was going to say, there's a certain homoerotic <laughs> going, going home. on here. They're going to they're gonna attract an interesting audience to this, I think. Uh, yeah. My so I have a thought on Timothy Chalamet's work uh, as well, and um, I haven't seen The King yet, and I hate myself. I you know I haven't watched that one. I watched um, Little I Women that he was in. Yeah. Um, he did a good job in that. I I think there's a certain charm about Timothy Chalamet and the sense that he has has a certain um, vulnerability in his acting. Sure. There's hmm. there's a certain there's a certain sort of openness that he seems to portray really well that I think is very different from what I would have expected like you know maybe ten years ago a casting and like a central role role in a sci-fi epic to be. Um, yeah, that's true. That's he's a, a really emotional uh, leading man for a hardcore he, sci-fi movie. He's got a really expressive face, and like I said, like he does like a very like good like kind of raw vulnerable kind of um character i think denis i think denis villeneuve looks for that yeah because like is that how you say his name yeah it's denis villeneuve (laughs) it's it's 
ca- uh, French <laughs> Canadian, so you know, I, I think you can uh, be forgiven to to our villains in the north. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, because he picked Gosling for, for Blade Runner, he yeah. picked um, right. He picked. I mean, not not only sci-fi, right? Like uh, Emily Blunt in Sicario is very good as sure. a role because of her like vulnerability as compared to like the uh-huh. hard and calloused Brolin. Like he loves working with Brolin too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, there's a really endearing story and I'm kind of cutting you off real quick. No, it's fine. I, well, finish I, your, finish your thought about, that, about Chalamet. That was pretty much my thought and I just found it interesting. And I, I, that I was kind of checking in to see if that might've been some of your like being off put by the trailers. Like he's got a very different energy than your typical like leading man. And that's why I was wondering if there was like, if you were like a no thank you, Timothy Chalamet. Or no, was... I was very intrigued by him. Okay. In this trailer. Yeah. It's yeah. everything else that was very dull. Yeah. I, I just had little spikes of interest. A little like, Oh, that's neat. Yeah. And then... <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I would sort of echo that too, Ben, that like yeah. for somebody who hasn't really read the book, it just it seemed like there was i was like okay i get the impression that there's some cool stuff here that i might like but i don't really know what it is and i'm not sure that's going to compel me to want to go see this movie it didn't it didn't show it to us you know it yeah, had that like that armada yeah being put together yeah then, but if it uh, had shown it so, to us it would have been a bad trailer i i really suspect though that this is going to be Conjecture. very game of thrones and that there's going to mm, be a lot sure. of intrigue and there's going to be a lot of like courtly sure. courtly maneuvering yeah, and it's not going to be like the exciting sci-fi action movie that like a lot of sci-fi is these days. Uh, yeah, I'm fine true. with that because Blade Runner is very slow. I was going to say again, Denis does not do fast-paced. Sicario's Dude, slow. Um, the scene Arrival's in, uh, slow. Blade Runner's slow. Sure. Like he makes long, long burn. When in the tra- in the, um, Blade Runner, when he's going through the factory to find his wooden horse. That's like a fifteen-minute scene, and it's it's basically what people want out of Ryan, which is him just looking stage left, <laughs> slow motion, dreamy, like long takes mm-hmm. of nothing yeah. going on, but sure. him just looking around a factory, yeah. living his like it's slow. Blade Runner's real slow, and I love it. It'll probably so, be yeah. one of those master classes in cinematography again. Of like, this is For how sure. you compose a shot. This is how you like you know use your your lighting appropriately. Uh, and is it this year or next? It's this year. Yeah. Nice. It's coming out December eighteenth. And they say in theaters only. <laughs> That's I will I will uh, I will I will, the max. I will yeah. quarantine myself to go watch this movie. Hmm. Shelby really? plastic. I'm not that committed. Bubble suit. <laughs> I'm not that committed. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see where where. So the director stand. of photography is um, Greg Fraser, who's worked with him before. He's direct. He's the director of photography for Rogue One. Yeah. Um, okay. This the Mandalorian. Okay. Vice, which was that movie with uh, Christian Bale playing, um, haven't seen it yet. Shit, Vice President Dick Cheney. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Cool, 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 cool. So he's doing Batman too. So like, fuck, uh, Batman's gonna be fucking pretty, guys. Get and, ready yeah. for that. That movie's gonna be fucking gorgeous and has a similarly angular and emotional uh, lead. Yeah, and this Robert Pattinson. True. This is true. Um, he did Foxcatcher too. That the- movie shot. The Incredibly. new, the new leading man is a much different breed than the old leading man. I think it's, yeah, sure. Uh, it's and a quick note. Uh, go ahead. It's Sorry, no longer the supervising, the, Sorry, the supervising art director did Saving Private Ryan. Who? Mm. Those really? wow. those That's battle fun? scenes could be incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, he did Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy too. My, and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy was a beautiful ass movie. My, it was drab, uh, but it was still pretty. 
my thoughts are that that guy coming out of the mud, uh, I thought I recognized him and did a, a little quick uh, looking, and it is for sure Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. So, oh. Yeah. 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 Is and he's playing he's, or something. And he's playing Baron Harkonnen, who's the big yep. dude. Yep. Right. So it's de- right. it's definitely the big fat dude, and it's played by Stellan Skarsgård, who. It's going to be great. It's going to be fucking again, great. Talking about the star-studded cast, and you didn't even get to see the front of his face in that, that trailer. So just blazing through yeah. the casting there. Uh, yeah. Good for him for getting basically uh, his whole wish list, I'm guessing, of actors. Yeah, I can't imagine he missed somebody. Oh, this brings me back to that endearing story I was going to tell you about, specifically with Denise's wish list. So Dave Batista shared a story about how he had to audition, like, close to a dozen, if not maybe two dozen times for the role of Sapper Morton in the beginning of Blade Runner 2049. Mm. And Denis, when he first saw his name on the list, was like, that's not what I'm looking for, which is wild. And then he convinced Mm. him to be in it. Yeah, cool. With his performance. And then he said that Denis called him to play Beast Rabin. Nice. In Dune. Man, yeah, incredible. And and, uh, Batista said that he like, Cry. He like hung up and cried immediately because yeah. he was like, <laughs> like he had to try so hard to convince him to play a small part in a movie, and he wants him to play like one of the most known characters in the Dune. That's awesome. Universe, uh, which is fucking awesome. Dave Bautista's a, yeah. A G. So the other the other actor that I don't recall seeing a lot of in that one is uh, Javier Bardem. Pretty sure he's the bearded guy yeah. with the spicy eyes. No, he uh, he took beard. his mask off and he had yeah. a, a the nostril plug in. He was in there very quickly. Okay. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah, I would say you said that, or somebody said that earlier, and I was like, he was? <laughs> so. Yeah, I here, I'll uh, I'll copy and send a, there's a photo that I just found that's specifically that. I think we just spent scene. like 25 minutes on the Dune trailers. So <laughs> on Dune? We... Hey, it's fine. Whoa. Like, we're fucking nerds, and it's sci-fi. I think we just crazy. spent an hour on the news. Yeah. <laughs> there, that picture there, click on that. Yeah. He was he was that guy. He was, he was that guy in the trailer. Um. It's Javier Bardem with a beard, which I don't know if How do you say the director's name again? Denis Villeneuve? Or Villeneuve? Villeneuve? Cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's French. His last name is French, not Spanish. (laughs) Which throws Actually, I knew a... uh, What is it? Um, The Philippines is very uh, Spanish-infused. Something about their history. So I knew a... There's a lot of of Spanish settlers there. Yeah, one of my classmates in college... Was a Filipina girl, and her last name was Villanueva. So yeah, there you hmm. go. Yep. but not French, so that's how we said it. Yep, sure. Yep, <laughs> I had to look it up because, like, remember when Alejandro uh, Inaritu won the Oscar ah. for Revenant? Sure. And the news just pronounced his name wrong for like six weeks. Sure. <laughs> I was like, okay, there's people that have names that are hard, and I don't want to be that asshole who says it wrong all the time. Sure. So look, I remember we're like all looking it up. We're all gamers. We're we're well versed with uh, funny names, thanks to Reggie Fizeme. So ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we know what we're doing here. But uh, let's get to our main topic. A yeah, okay. So back to my original segue, which was the rest of this episode is going to be mostly about Xbox, uh, and the reason for that being we want to talk about Crusader Kings three Xbox. and Wasteland three, and both of those games are very good and Game Pass games. Um, so and I feel extremely lucky that Game Pass is not only just like a really good value, but also put ads 
fucking units to its lineup. Like, yeah, Crusader, Crusader Kings is very good. Yeah, and Wasteland it sounds is, like that le- that legitimized the platform. Well, yeah, yeah especially I mean, pulling in something like Crusader Kings, which is from a, a completely different like independent publisher that sure. that has done very well for themselves outside of Game Pass. It's not like they like you know had to get onto Game Pass to keep themselves viable. Like this is a this is a company that's been expanding in the last handful of years and Yeah, Ben, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. Like Paradox went from like privately uh, owned and very up and down with its like chances for a future to mm-hmm. uh, offering an IPO and being valued at like four hundred and twenty million dollars and then just sure. kind of Skyrocketing from there, well, they've and been creating a, games that everyone wants to talk about. They've been acquiring so, studios and building up. Yeah, they've been just portfolio. sucking up content, and it's it's great. There's speculation that they're making a Sims competitor. Yes, there is. I can't remember what it's called, but I remember. Well, they, hearing there's a about that, and then there's studio, one that's like, yeah, yeah, that they acquired. It's, that's like one of the the original creators of the Sims that's working on it. And they're like, hmm, why would you hire somebody to start a new studio and your publisher if you weren't looking to capitalize on that? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I guess, let's. does anybody have any experience with either of these games, current or their predecessors? Wasteland 2, Waste, the original Wasteland, which I get the original Wasteland's like a 20-year-old game. So, so I been a minute. tried old, out. The it's original, the first the, the original Wasteland game, the like remastered edition that's available on Game Pass right now. Um, and I just I didn't have the patience to deal with it because even <laughs> so, even remastered, sure. it's still got a very like like um um. Uh, yeah, that game was thirty. Nineteen eighty eight. It's still it's still got wow. a very clunky set of interfaces and a very like. You know, like player freedom means never telling you what to do, which you know, equates <laughs> yeah, to. Like, I love games like that. Which equates to you basically fumbling in the darkness if you don't know exactly what you're doing already. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then keep the, having keep the wiki page open. Right, and having like you know possibly fatal consequences to your squad early on if you're not paying attention. Oh. You know, like it, it, you know, it's it's one of those things that it, like I said, like I just didn't have the patience for it. Like so, I checked it out. It's cool, but it's just. Yeah. You're, not, you're not a real fan, bro. No. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. He's I like, think. easily, no, no, it's fine. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I didn't read, uh, you know, Canterbury Tales in the original original Old English uh, for a reason. Uh, and it's the same thing with games. <laughs> like, things change and improve, and sometimes the ones that I'm more comfortable with are the ones that I'm going to go for. Is Canterbury in Old English? Like, um, the original, like the original one is, uh, not Old English, but like, uh, like it's, ob- it, it's archaic English. It's not. I don't think Beowulf is even in English. In English that's it, no, it's, it is. It's Old English, but it's the style of Old English that's unreadable. <laughs> yeah, it's like Old English before oh, the, the, the. It's like runic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, what, what's that called? There's like. Because is it pre Saxon? Is that what the. Oh man, I gotta look it up. It says guys, we're all big English, nerds but... and we love to Google things every time we have a question. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll it's, get the, back. it's a West Saxon dialect of Old English. There you go. So cool. it's before the whole Ooh. Anglo-Saxon thing. <laughs> yeah, when they were all separate. Uh, yeah. So yeah, here's here's a quote. Good luck. 
I should just add one? Thanks. There you go. <laughs> nope. Uh, no. looks more similar to modern-day Welsh, I might add. Fucking dick. If, you, if you've yeah. seen Welsh written, you might might see some familiarity, along with uh, various uh, Nordic characters in there. Those Ds with yeah. the little, like, dashes on them. I don't even know what the hell you call that figure. So, yeah, no, that's that's not happening. But, uh, yeah, no, I, and I don't think, you know, it's exactly the same thing, but I do think there's a, a um, something to be said for the fact that, like, they've realized that parts of games that cause that friction aren't necessarily I- enjoyable or entertaining, and I don't think that there's a reason to suffer them just for some sort of perceived fidelity. Sure, sure. Mm. Yeah, there's a couple of times I've gotten, like, HD remasters not remakes which sure. is a big difference right yeah. like remakes or yeah. when they look at the systems and go how do we make this better right and Final relevant seven yeah sure um which is a true like remake not a remaster and then you've got like the halo remasters which don't do much for yeah. the controls and like my beef with the halo remasters has nothing to do with how they play it's the length with which they they play but um i've played older games that like just play bad sure and you're like, oh, it's because we didn't do a thing. Like, Ben and I went to um, Start Bar in St. Louis, which is an arcade bar down by Bush Stadium, and there's uh, the they, have this, uh, they have this setup where you can... You know they've been closed can... down, like, three times for violating corona rules. Nice. That's, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> oh, wait. Um, they, uh, oh, wait. No, Start Bar's not the best. Up Down's up the down's best. Up Down's the best, yeah. 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 No. Start Bar, though, lets you rent out, like, a bay that's got a couch and a Nintendo 64 and four controllers. You can play games. And we went back and played Goldeneye, and it was almost an immediate, like, yo, this game sucks. <laughs> it's not fucking good. And, like, we you all have fond jump. memories of playing it as a kid, but you can't jump. There's not a second stick for aiming. Yeah. Like, it's wild that yeah. we played yeah. that as much as we right. did. Yep. And well, so, yeah, I think there's I, real credence to, like, old games. You've maybe covered on this old. podcast previously that um, I think the best remasters slash remakes are the ones that take what was there, and then remaster it in a way that when you play it, you're like, this is exactly what it was like playing it at the time. Sure. Though it's not sure. a faithful recreation, it's how you remember it. Oh, with the modern wow, that's, touches. that's intricate. Now I have to wonder if Final Fantasy VII feels now the way I felt it in 97. That, yeah, so that's... Like it does. Intri- it, yeah. Entranced with the scenery, right, and uh, excitement. Like, yeah, so and, I mean... Uh, I think- oh my god, the timer's... Go counting down. I got to get out before it explodes. Yeah, you know. I, there's, I, yeah. and I think there's an ethos behind that. And I, I'm gonna gonna mention a quote that I've heard that I cannot attribute at the moment. But there, uh, there's a quote I, I recall seeing from a, from an author that was, "If you can write a children's book the way you remember experiencing it as a child, you should do so, because that'll be an incredible experience." And I was like, and I think that's the same way with like remaking a game. If you can remake it in a way that it feels like it did when you played it the first time, hmm. then you should you should go for that. Like, you know, to... there's something to be said for preserving things as they were, but I I think you know that's more of like a more of like a an archival project rather than <laughs> you know a commercial enterprise. That's a job for the Smithsonian. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, like. Yeah. Building like DOSBox, for example, is a great like archival measure because then you can go back and play those old DOS games exactly as they were and see what they were like. But like if you're gonna release something on modern, you know, systems, why not make it feel the way yeah. it did to play that game? Why not, you know, like re enable that sense of joy of you know, whatever sure. systems made that fun and get rid Sometimes of the stress points. 
You know yeah, what genre ahead, does Adam. it really well though? Flight simulator. <laughs> Simulators in general, because like I not too long ago, bef- even you know since the announcement of the newest flight simulator, I went back and tried to play some of the previous flight simulator. And I remember being like, this is so cutting edge. The graphics are amazing. This is great. I'm like, this game kind of sucks. Sure. Uh, but the new one is like, oh yeah, this is what I remember the old one being like now. Like, because it's, it's new, it's new again. I feel like that's it. in it's almost purest form, you know? Yeah. That was one of the things that I think I, I said before, maybe what you were referencing, Andrew, is that like, I'll play the halo two remaster. And sure. be like, this is what Halo felt like. Sure. And then I'll hit the button that goes back to the old graphics and go, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. It wasn't actually like this. It was worse. Yeah, exactly. And, like, that's because when you were that age, what you looked at felt as good as what you were looking at now because it was improved. Sheesh. And so, like, that parallel, that parallel development made it feel like I was just playing the same thing and then looking at it what it was in the past I was like oh we could yeah. view the entire industry like this not to sound like a broken record I know I've said this a lot but one of the things that always stood out to me when they reviewed the first Halo was the reviewer said this world is so beautiful I could walk around and just smash two rocks together and be happy mm-hmm. like he just wanted to walk around the world of Halo now when you play Halo Remastered and you hit that switch and look back it's like this looks like paper mache and play-doh like this looks awful yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, not yeah. awful, guys. I mean, it's timeless. But, like, so uh, it, all this is very interesting to me because, you know, what does it take to relive that childhood splendor? Like, if guys, you go back and yeah, look at the yeah. first 3D racing game, there's a game called Test Drive. Sure. And it runs at, like, two frames a second. But <laughs> that full polygonal 3D freedom of driving in a polygonal space instead of, like, the traditional yeah. F-Zero outrun whatever yeah you're like wow this is this is as real as it gets yeah yeah and then you go back and you're like mm-hmm. you know so how do you there were moments that? and i know denton st- i don't know why i was about to do that i know andrew you watched me play a lot of ghost of tsushima yeah um and i, I think adam you did too and ben i'm not spoiling yeah. anything don't worry um there were moments in that game y'all that reminded me specifically of this feeling of hitting an open vista and going oh shit this is what open world games are supposed to feel like. Not like, oh, I got a bunch of shit to go do over there. But like, look how fucking pretty this is. I just yeah, want to stand here and Horizon take pictures of it. That. Yeah, yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I, I um, and I, I butted against a lot of things playing that game initially because I was like, none of this shit's new. All yeah. the systems are the same as what I've seen before. Mm-hmm. But because those were things I didn't have to relearn, it allowed me to focus on the what I was walking through world um yeah. there's a link i'm going to share with you guys at some point when i can find it it's a guy that's been taking really 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 high-end photos from that game using a ps4 pro okay he's like a he's like a, a screenshot capture artist for ea I love that shit. I love that shit. like for ea like his job at ea is to capture screenshots awesome. of the game to use for marketing purposes nice so he's playing this game and taking pictures and some of them are photorealistic Cool. Like I like people are asking like what did you go back and do to this photo to make it look that good and he's like nothing <laughs> this is how good this game looks anyway 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 <laughs> wasteland <laughs> Andrew you were yeah. talking about wasteland we got on a offshoot was I talking about wasteland yeah you were talking about playing the first one for a little bit yeah yeah okay that's or right being <laughs> able to play the first uh, one. yeah uh, yeah no and that's how we got spiraled into this whole thing because I said like yeah, yeah it was updated <laughs> but it was rough. It was like there was, yeah. there was 
too little to, to go on, and like the menus were impenetrable still. And so I bounced off it after an hour, maybe. So, hmm. yeah, it's nuts. You know, it was like when I had to restart almost immediately because I realized that I like specced my character completely wrong, like, <laughs> you know, immediately. It was like, okay, <laughs> I don't think this is the sort of experience that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm signed on for. Yeah, it doesn't sound particularly appealing to me, but I, I've never played any of the Wasteland games. And actually, I, I have to admit, I don't think that I had even really heard of them until you guys started talking about it a few days back. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, so summarize your uh, Wasteland 3 um, uh, experiences well, so far. I, I was going to yeah. give a quick uh, little synopsis of where the Wasteland comes from. You think oh, yeah, that do it. Adds... Yes, that's actually... A lot of people don't know this. So a little a little context for the for the wasteland ones is they're basically kind of the the cousin to the Fallout video game series. Um, oh, awesome! Yeah, uh, so it's a you know a sci-fi open world video game, and they're set after the um, after the the apocalypse by a nuclear holocaust. It, it's a very similar idea. Um, and they're kind of, um, I'm trying to remember now exactly where, which one <laughs> led the way, uh, in the distant past here. Um, what do you mean? I, I'm trying to remember which one came first. Oh, Wasteland, Wasteland or Fallout? Fallout? Yeah. Let's see. Oh, that's probably mm. a pretty easy, yeah, I'm, I'm searching Wasteland right now. was, Wasteland came out in 1988. Yeah. Um, uh, the ba the game's general setting and concept became the basis for Interplay's 1997 role-playing game Fallout. There you go. So Wasteland was first. Yeah. So waste the first Wasteland oh, was like it. set the set the tone, and then people went sure. on to basically copy it for Fallout. Um, Ten years before, which yeah, is fucking wild. Right. Dude. And there was a big gap because Wasteland Two only came out after a successful Kickstarter, like not. Not too long ago. Either. No, like 2016. Yeah, right. I remember that. So, so like there was like so basically it was like the original inspiration for the Fallout ones. It's a lot of freedom, a lot of like you know you could befriend this faction and piss off this faction sort of thing. Um, yeah. and, and it's got that kind of. There's a certain sort of like tongue in cheekness that that Fallout has inherited, and uh, you know it might be a little ham fisted now. Um, the Fallout series, but it has a sort of like, you know, sometimes the apocalypse is just funny. You know, goofy things happen because like, you know, <laughs> sure. they built sometimes a society on ruins and like, you know, the book and media that was left. So like sometimes weird shit happens. Yeah, um, we discovered that today, right? Like well, we yeah. were playing through Wasteland 3 and we're like, why the fuck do they have these Colorado, <laughs> do they Do the marshals all have southern accents? Do the gangsters all sound like they're from Jersey? And then I discovered Scotsman. a there's a Scottish guy that was yeah exactly, and I discovered a a safe in the uh, Little Vegas that had a tape that was basically um, Saren, whatever that guy's Brigo. name is. What Brigo? Yes, Saren Brigo. Um, giving tips for how to talk like a gangster. And it was obviously that, like, it was obvious that he was talking with a regular non-pronounced accent at all. And then was, like, hamming it up for the, like, yeah, what's my month? Like, yo, this dude just watched gangster films. And then was, like, this is how gangsters talk. Because the game takes place in, like, the 2100s or some shit like that. And the world ended in 98. 
in that. And the world ended in the 90s, right. So, so, like, there's no way anybody would have a New Yorker accent in Colorado. Right. <laughs> it's not going to be that way. Yeah. Um, and I didn't catch that immediately because that Scottish character you meet, I was like, this guy's accent's so, great. Yeah. So and then we find a yeah. tape that's him, like, that's him, like, how do, they, how do I make it sound and, like this? And I was like, oh, you're fucking lying. And, and, and then Andrew was like, yeah, because it's there's no way there's a Scottish guy so in Caleb, Colorado. If you want to avoid some some spoilers, I'm I'm gonna point out uh, a little bit the uh, one of the next groups you encounter is uh, heavily influenced by like schlocky um, C-list uh, horror movies, and so awesome. yeah, so you'll so you'll you'll run into like a very like like you know 60s 70s kind of like horror movie vibe from like one of the factions you run into next uh so it's it's you know they've got that kind of like what if pop culture you know had to rebuild and they were latched onto these pre-war ideas (laughs) what if pop culture had to rebuild society yeah Yeah, sure right yeah so (laughs) so that's kind of the the influence of the wasteland series you know it ran deep from the first one that like there was like weird pop culture stuff that that hung around Um, so fast forward to like Wasteland Three, and it's very much in the style of like the original two um, Fallout series and the original Wasteland series, which was an American style like CRPG, top down. Um, you've got your party you build up. You've got your your sort of your tabletop role playing skills. Uh, so you've got like your speed and your perception, and and you you have checks um, when you're doing like your your conversations. If you've got the right skills, you can barter better prices and things like that um so that's kind of the 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 lineage that wasteland 3 walks into is this very like sort of uh tabletop role-playing turned into a computer game kind of style of, of yeah it feels like that very much too um you run into in situations and it's like you can't say this thing because you don't have a high enough this score and i don't think i've seen that specific prompt block since like mass effect one uh otor uh the thing that keeps popping up in my mind in comparison is the Divinity Original Sin 2, which is very... That bounced off of that game because it was so deep. Yeah. I think Ben and I tried to play that game and we were just like... Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. It felt like work. It's, yeah. uh, it, it's a very... like it's. There's there's a lot of similarities. There's some, some differences, too, and you know the sort of tactical combat is very different between the two. Uh, but... Sure. It, it has some strong similarities in that, like, it's very much about, like, the skills you your characters have, how you get through the world, and then kind of, like, trying to play to your strengths. Um, yeah. Yeah, I will say Divinity Original Sin 2, it <laughs> has a whole different world of, like, tactical thinking that they're looking for there. Sure, yeah. So Wasteland 3 is for people who don't, like know what kind of game you're getting into like what is it what are the verbs it's it's very much um if you took xcom um and its combat systems and stuck that onto um a third person fallout not even third person isometric fallout yeah like, um, yeah well, fallout so like originally was uh yeah you stepped away for this yeah. so the yeah. wasteland came out and then it inspired fallout 10 years later but Fallout's combat system was turn-based, wasn't it? Um, it's got a turn-based element. The VAT system, right? That lets you, like, target things? Yeah. The original isometric Right, Fallout. so the isometric one, I think, did have a turn-based. And so when they turned it into, like, a first-person shooter style, I think that's where, like, the VAT's compromise came in. 
was that yeah. like it you know we're it, giving you a real time first person shooter but we'll let you pause a little bit yeah absolutely <laughs> and strategize yeah yeah so i wonder um where the the systems influenced each other because caleb went to xcom but yeah how much of this is xcom and how much of it is fallout you know well sure xcom is almost as old as fallout sure so yeah anyway sort of irrelevant i'm just wondering well it's... yeah i just meant for like for to give people like lay people a, a uh an easy reference a modern like example yeah, yeah no it's, i it's think it's a turn-based think... grid-based strategy game that lets you traverse around an open environment like but it's got much more like, tactical combat rather than sort of it, it doesn't have like a JRPG style of combat or something like that. It's got more tactical like you're moving between grids and covers. You've got percentage to hit with different styles of weapons. You've got Wait, like, do you think XCOM has JRPG style combat? No, 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 no. I mean that <laughs> it's using an XCOM style of combat versus a JRPG sort of style of Yeah, sure. That's what sure. I'm saying. Sure. Uh, when comparing turn-based. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I was just I was just saying, as opposed to a JRPG combat, it's got a much more extra sure. tactical style of combat. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's a lot about that game I really like. It is a little slow. We have experienced our our fair share of jank. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, there's some jank, and I think that's one of the things that makes me kind of iffy about comparing it to Fallout or not. Oh gosh. Uh, not Fallout, uh, XCOM. I've done it. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, it makes me, makes me iffy about comparing it to XCOM in that sense because it doesn't execute on the the lessons that have been learned by the XCOM series. Sure. Uh, yeah. I was pointing out there's, like, despite the fact that we have, like, friendly fire turned off, you still can hit your allies with, with like, oh. automatic weapons if you shoot past them. But there's, it doesn't, inform you that that's a possibility until it happens. There's no like yeah, percentage sure. hit of your ally if you're shooting past them or or you know that that sort of thing. And there's just little little bits um and details that seem like they're just not quite polished um as much as you'd like for something that leans so heavily on tactical systems. Uh Caleb, Caleb kept running out of action points because he was missing how many action points were being subtracted from UI his bar sucks, dude. because instead of having like a numerical system, it's got a series of like pips, and it drains the pips. And he kept thinking that the the highlighted that amount the drain number was what I would have left was what he would have what left, not yeah. vice versa. And it was not very you know. So he kept like moving to get a better vantage point, and then going, oh shit, I can't shoot my sniper rifle because it takes six action points of the eight I had, and I moved too far. Like you know, so. Having not played this, like I sort of mentioned, I guess I'm not clear. But do you do you think that this was sort of poor design? I, I hate to say that because that sounds, you know, very. I negative, don't think like, it's yeah. Do you I think, think it was sort of they could have done better, they should have done better, or it was hey, we kind of like it this way, where it's maybe not the simplest system. Yeah, I think it's the latter. It feels like this is in Exile's sweet spot. Like they're making a game they love, right? And they've been making. Well, and so like, and there's it's a... very much like referential to what Wasteland was before, and uh -huh. it's very much like still optimized. Like it does feel better than even Wasteland Two, which sure. I've told Ben before. Like I ricocheted off of because of its like amount of jank, and this game has still some jank, just not like Wasteland Two. There was it was. 
There were moments in Wasteland 2 where I was just like, I can't play this. Right. Not because it Looks was like bad, it. but because just the systems were built um, in a more traditional, uh, I guess, like Much like fashion. Jank would be part of a... Uh... A real wasteland. They felt that they needed to include that in their actual. <laughs> Homie, I once, I once defended um, Red Dead's really slow and uncomfortable c- control scheme as uh, Rockstar trying to illustrate people being stuck oh. in an old lifestyle, and that's giving people too much credit. <laughs> that is not the like, case here, though. This is not it, like they're intentionally making things obtuse in a way that, like, adds oh, Red something. Dead wasn't either. Right. <laughs> that was my point. This. That's giving no, them too much credit. Red Dead was slowed down because they didn't want it to feel like Call of Duty, like a fast, twitchy... They even wanted it to feel like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. yeah. They, you wanted it to feel like an old-aged cowboy who was sick, still feels, alert. It still feels like that, a Grand Theft Auto to me, though. I loved Red Dead Redemption. It's much slower than Grand Theft Auto. Uh, that, that first one there, and I, I have not played the sequel. Um, again, the whole, like, no console thing, and then by the time it came to PC, I'm like, I don't know if I want to spend that much money on it, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but sure. I I suspect that some of the complaints would make me not like the, the second one as much. So I haven't... I You know, I haven't... It's like one of those things, so long as I don't play it, I can assume it was okay, and that's fine. <laughs> and if I don't have to find out otherwise. Weird. Um, that's a that's definitely a take. No, it's not it's, one I I would take. It's the Schrodinger's, <laughs> yeah. it's the Schrodinger's game. Now. Yeah, you're, you've Schrodinger's it's, cat. It, yeah, it's like you know, it's <laughs> probably like, great touch it. or it's really bad. <laughs> I don't know. I, there's no way sure. I can I could know that because I I haven't I haven't put my hands on it. Uh, sure. But Wasteland well, 3, we only have. Oh. Uh, I was just gonna say Wasteland Three. It, it's good and it's clear that their focus was not building tactical combat systems and and, and right, you know and right. we discovered the multiplayer does some things real real weird and janky and it's clear mm-hmm. that that was not their focus um and and the focus here is like you know the world they've created and the the strange characters and the the like you know sort of like storyline that you're you're inhabiting and that's pretty interesting stuff yeah for sure so I think you were going to say something, Caleb, so I don't want to, you know, detail that. Uh, but something to sort of maybe steer this back to a little bit where we started with this being related to Xbox and putting it on Game Pass. Uh, I feel like there's there's a lot to be said for the fact that this plays a little bit different than a lot of what's on Game Pass and then and a lot of what's popular on consoles and Xbox, you know, historically as a brand. But I, I can't help but think that that and then, you know, some of the other games I've seen added recently are intentionally aimed at capturing, one, just different interests in the gaming world than what Xbox has captured before. Sure. But I think specifically related to the thought of what can we put on our platform that will actually lend itself to play anywhere when we start actually doing game streaming. Because, like, yeah. hey, I you know, I might be able to play some first-person shooters from my phone, but I'm that's going to be a less than ideal experience it might not be bad it might be I don't really want good. that at all right but like i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna have a good time with that personally right but i could i could see myself playing something like uh, a spirit bearer or a wasteland 3 or uh even you know crusader kings may uh, i don't know that game might just confuse me too much but yeah i don't but, know that you'd want to shrink all that text down <laughs> right but i think you know playing something some of these games on my phone through the uh uh, I'm sorry. What is it? What's the platform even called? Is it just called Play Anywhere now? 
What are they? What are they You're talking about xCloud? xCloud. xCloud, thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. That, I, I think that that's really, it's definitely part of their plan. And I, I like to see that they're, at least in my opinion, planning ahead for that becoming a, a bigger part of their business, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, it's, uh, it's always good and encouraging to see games of different not even just genres, but like altogether mindsets um, being yeah. in Game Pass because like it is a service that does one thing better than anything and that is giving people the opportunity to try shit they ordinarily would not. And like Wasteland being on there is like, oh shit, I might want to try XCOM because people say that XCOM's an easier version of what I like out of this game, which is the combat or whatever. Um, or Crusader Kings being like, like, and we don't have a ton of time to talk about Crusader Kings, but like, as someone who I know Andrews played it, played two a bunch, and like was <laughs> walking me through. <laughs> that's fucking wild. Jesus. And was walking and was <laughs> and was walking me through how the systems in Crusader Kings three worked, despite the fact that he didn't do the tutorial and I did. Um, there's a huge gap in experience there, but like. Crusader Kings 3 is not a game I would have spent money on because I would have had no idea that I liked it, right? Or that I was going to end up liking it. But instead, it ends up being on Game Pass and I can just install it and give it a shot. And, like, without going into too much detail about that, uh, that game, like, I had one of the best emergent storytelling storylines I've probably ever experienced playing, like, uh, Andrew and I played that for probably 12 hours this weekend. Like, six hours Saturday night and six hours Sunday night or some yeah. shit. Like, starting at eight and stopping at three and <laughs> just not being able to quit. Whoops. But I had this moment where I started as a king, um, or not a king, sorry, a duke, um, who was young, got married to someone who was also young, and had seven kids, which, like, at first I was like, big family! And then when I had to divide the kingdom up between them, I was like, oh, fuck. Not the big family is not a great thing, but um, we had this instance where like I let a guy out of prison because I was like have, we've been we haven't been fighting for a minute and like I let him out of prison I don't have any reason I don't even know why he's here so I let him out and then like a year later in the game storyline um, I get a gift from the guy that's like sorry for whatever I did and I was like cool and my guy opened it and felt bad like was the room became he became dizzy the room began to spin and he became severely ill and then like a year later while andrew and i are talking about doing something else completely uh he died and like he was 42 43 so like had probably 20 years worth of kingdom really at least left because i had members in my council that were like 75 and i was not planning on dividing my kingdom up at all yet um he dies and I'm pissed because, like, it says he dies of natural causes. And I very much know he died because he opened a gift that poisoned him. Um, and then, to make a long story short, from there, Andrew and I decided to try and consolidate the kingdom to the south. In that process, found out that, like, the one lord that this guy had, because he had two zones, two keeps, um, was the guy that poisoned my now heir, the guy I was playing as, his dad. Um... And so I was like, we got to take them out. So we go after them, and I take the first hold while Andrew takes the other hold with the dude in it. And I was like, if you capture him, that's fine. Just kill him. I want to get him, though. And so, like, 
he went in and did some fighting and killed their army and then backed out so I could have it because we were yeah um, and I get over there and take the hold and don't get the dad his name was Yakuz I'm gonna remember that fucking name forever <laughs> um, I don't Stuck get him yet. and then I realize when I'm looking with the king we just deposed or not the king sorry the duke we just deposed and his lords that like Yakuz is dead and I was like, fuck. And you can look at their little, the little skull on their picture to like see when they died. And I realized that he died like a year before that in a in an open combat with dense with with uh, Andrew's soldiers. I was like, well, fuck. Because <laughs> I wanted to get the motherfucker. And then I realized, like a moment later, the game gave me a notification because the siege actually finally ended and the conflict ended. I, that I had in my custody in my jail the son the only son of that king and i was like oh shit and i realized like there's no one else there's mom but mom's not from a royal family so she has no one coming for any possessions she has no land and i have their only son and he was nine and i hesitated for one second before i executed him by beheading i was like fuck it this kid oh, killed that kid killed that kid's dad killed my dad and we were a big happy family now you all have nothing and i felt so vindicated doing it and like let me tell you i play most games as the good guy <laughs> like i don't well, do that normally and like this game brought something out and i'm gonna tell that story to people 10 years from now um so like as much as we aren't able to get into what Crusader Kings is in a really deep, deep way. Um, it deserves like a two-hour episode on its own. Sure, it. sure. Um, it's wild. And like the the things that it allows you to do. And like <laughs> Andrew was telling me today about like characters that only exist for a certain moment to tell a part of the story of the world. Like if you are interacting with something and then that those characters can sometimes, if their importance is that small after that moment, can just mm -hmm. cease to exist. Like the so game's like the, these. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's a memory optimization trick because one of the sure, things in yeah. Crusader Kings 2 and all of the Paradox Grand Strategies is if you play a game like the maximum amount of time they'll let you, because they're very open-ended. There's no like you do this and then you win the game. You can play until the time runs out, basically. And you just, you know, get more and more prestigious and, you know, basically run up the score. And they're like, congratulations, your family dominated everything, you know, at the end of the, yeah, whatever. Uh, but almost nobody plays that long because uh, it, it would take probably months of real-time playing to get through an entire game. And in Crusader Kings 2, one of the hugest problems with that was that by the time you got 200 250 years into a game everything would start crawling because there's so much history and there's so much database that it built up that it needs to be able to refer back to that it would just put everything that's to crazy. a crawl so there's a there's a huge <laughs> is that still an issue now not as much and that's kind of what i was what, what caleb was getting at here is that they've done a, a better job a more aggressive job of minor nobility being culled from the game so instead of them having kids and like, you know, 
moving on and having all of this family lineage that you might have to refer back to, they basically cull them and then introduce new minor nobility every so often. So these characters don't have a huge like set of lineage that has to be tracked because the game tracks like basically like DNA traits for their appearances and their their congenital traits and like all sorts of background stuff. And so instead of doing that, it basically just generates fresh characters to populate the lower nobility, the unlanded nobility, and the commoners. So it, you'll you can find characters from time to time that have the like their little like death notification just says disappeared without a trace. And it's basically the game like said this person's not significant enough. Nobody's like they're not employed in a court. Smart. They're not you know yeah. they're not married to anyone that's holding land. So let's just call them from the game. Uh, that's smart. Yeah. So like it, it. so it does that and it helps with memory. And as I pointed out, like this runs so much smoother than Crusader Kings Two did, even on my like upgraded machine now. Um, so they've definitely take long strides to make this more optimized than the second one on top of their accessibility improvements they've made with this um, this generation of it so yeah it's good stuff um, and the emergent storytelling is so on point I have so many stories I could <laughs> tell you about rulers that I remember playing that were so notable and interesting and you know they, they it's so funny because they're they're meaningless to anything except for that personal history but for that moment that I was playing as them, like the achievement of, of like steering them into greatness, like really resonates because it, you know, it, it reflects the way you play them. Yeah, hmm. sure. They grow into what you've been molding them into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and sometimes yeah. the, the least expected ones are the most interesting. Like I, I told Caleb a story about rulers that I had inherit things that I was pissed that the the heir I had in mind like died of like the plague or was murdered or something and I was pissed that like this perfect heir was gone and then the one that I wound up with wound up to be a fascinating story because they somehow improved themselves or like achieved something I didn't think I could have done and then they somehow managed it through you know a series of of events and it's really interesting the way that those stories get woven Man, what a master uh, accomplishment from a game design's com like perspective. Yeah. yeah. To be able to design so many systems to give people so many stories. Well, and I think it's yeah. I think it's a really smart approach to sandbox design. And I think it's yeah, but it's interesting that so many games fuck that up so much. Yeah. And like <laughs> it seems like this game is like this. Let's put all of the elements in place. Uh, and make this well-oiled machine and then just hit go knowing that one or two or three or four um, outside actors are going to take control of specific pinpoints in this grand moving thing and they're going to do enough that it's going to that those systems are going to weave a story for them yeah because like the uh, the, uh, the alternative is the the wasteland Right or not even wasteland, but like more story-driven things where sure. instead of what we're getting um, out of text that's oftentimes reused for certain events and things like that, instead you have tens of thousands of lines of dialogue that are recorded mm -hmm. for a hundred-hour campaign that like can be just as impactful, but like that's impactful when it reaches its climax, and this is yeah. this is impactful twelve hours in. <laughs> Like, I could never yeah. play this game again and have a story that I'll remember forever. Um, 
And like, if you, if I had played Skyrim for twelve hours, that's not gonna. I'm not gonna have that feeling yet. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think I think some of the design choices that that make this succeed where other sandboxes fall flat is a willingness to let things be unbalanced. Like you can get yourself into sure. a situation in this game where you're basically, you know, game over because you made poor choices, you got the wrong air, there was one too many plagues. And it's just a comfort with the design that sometimes that's going to happen, and sometimes you can abuse design choices to become crazy overpowered. Like some of those things, some of those extremes are going to happen um, frequently in the game. You know, some of those extremes are going to pop up every now and again. But the nature of allowing the characters to to die and pass things on, and the whole world to continually shift, yeah. means that for every moment that you have that triumphant like I've conquered all of this the next moment it could all like slip away and having a comfort with that level of design and not saying well this isn't very fair to the player or this is like too easy on the player <laughs> like if you if they thought like that in Crusader Kings this game wouldn't exist because there's definitely moments sure. where you there's get there's moments where you're like man fuck you get bad luck and you're like how am I supposed to beat this game and it's like you're not <laughs> like you're playing a series <laughs> of rulers and maybe they get fucked and maybe they get lucky and if you make smart decisions along the way they'll probably have some land when you quit <laughs> and <laughs> if you make dumb decisions they probably won't like you know that's that's what there is to it there's not like a big like oh you play this way you'll win you play this way, you won't. Like, you could play smartly and still get really screwed over. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's great. Yep. And thank you, Game Pass, for giving us the ability to try things like that out sure. and giving you a platform for things like that to be yeah. uh, seen by more people. Because, fuck, do you know how many people I know that have never played a Crusader Kings game? Sure. And yeah. how many well, can oh, yes. now? Right. You probably will. Um, and that's fucking dope. Check it out. And hopefully, this podcast is. <laughs> Motivate yeah. some people to try both of these. If things. it inspires sure. you <laughs> to do it, let us know. We want to hear about it. Yes, one hundred percent. I can't think of anything else to talk about. Oh, I could. Think I would of have a lot liked to talk about well, more could, of Crusader we, Kings. We could go on forever. We could talk about both games for another hour and a half. Sure. Yeah, but that's not our format. It's not. Yeah, don't uh, not. don't tempt Andrew. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we had a lot of a lot of news this week. Um, two really good games. Um, we're getting Ben and I have been getting into Avengers, and that game, believe it or not, as much shit as that game got from most people. Me and when I joined Ben's party, the first thing he said when I said, "How is it?" He went, "Actually, pretty good." And yeah. I was like, "Wait, what?" And that mm -hmm. campaign fucking rocks. It's oh, it's fun. It's fun, and I enjoyed it a lot. Now the multiplayer, who knows? We'll, we'll, I we'll played with back. Odin last night without a hitch. I see it's fun. See, Odin mm -hmm. is playing right. right now. Yep, it was very good, and mm -hmm. I can't wait to do it again. Cool. Though All I right. have, uh, I have Sea of Thieves plans right after this because I got to go buy a dog. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thieves. And you gonna join us, Caleb? Um, I may. Yeah, I know that. Um, they uh, just made a galleon for us. I'm not gonna play long. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go get a, a quick, dog and do a get quest. a dog, do a quick voyage. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. call it a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. Jabril has been radio silent for a while, and he's like, "You playing tonight?" Oh shit! Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. nice. Cool. What's up, homie? Um, but yeah, um, yeah. It's it's September, y'all, which means 
games are about to start coming out faster well, than we can play them. So, and we now have exactly um, one month until next generation. What? Two months. Two months? Yeah, you're right. November 10th. I forgot about October. Don't scare me I forgot like about that. October. I was like, oh, shit. No, I, I, I legit forgot, I legit forgot, forgot October whole month. was a thing. That's an important <laughs> month, too. So, yeah, good it God. Is. Oh. Um, yeah. So, over the next several weeks, uh, Nerdy Bits is going to be doing some fun stuff with the podcast. We did. We had the dents on today, and that was awesome. Um, we were having Bobby on in a couple of weeks, and then we're going to take a week off before October starts. Because sure. Lord knows that beginning of October is Crash Bandicoot and Star Wars Squadrons, and then it just doesn't stop until the end of November with Watch Dogs and Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed and Cyberpunk and new systems and, 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 and Destiny, all sorts of shit. So, October's um, got new PC hardware, too. Yeah, yeah. there's a bunch of stuff coming. So we, didn't, expect... we didn't get around to the AMD announcements, did we, buddy? Eh, they're not really announcements. They're just... Hey, we got some dates. We're going to announce new processors and new graphics cards. Okay, I'm stoked. We got around to the announcing of the announcement on our (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this won't be the last time we see Adam and Andrew. Adam and Andrew, thank you for both being on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Happy to be here. This was fantastic. Thanks for having us. Thanks for helping us fill the air. Yeah. Yeah. uh, It it works out pretty well when you all kind of like the same thing and want to talk about it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, when it's the opposite, and you're like, no one likes this, and it sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for, for listening, everybody. Um, we will be back next week again with another episode. The uh, stream uh, the stream schedule is the same. I just haven't been able to meet it because so many things happening the last two weeks. But don't worry, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we'll be back in full swing next week. Um, if you want to follow the website... Uh, and any of the stuff that we do, writing or podcast-wise, go to nerdybits.com. Just got a big Or follow us on Twitter, at nerdy underscore bits. Um, it just got a big overhaul. It did. Thank you. For some reason, I forgot about that shit. <laughs> I just redid the website. Um, it took me like four and a half days. Um, there's one page that's not great, but it's because I forgot it was a page. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's that's it. The rest of it's I think, I think it's really cool. Um, I put it in dark mode for you because ah, yeah. I hate it. I hate all white websites now. They're so harsh on your eyes. Saw somebody share um, a screenshot from Twitter that was in light mode, and I was like, I forgot that was a thing. Who does that <laughs> still? Yeah. Um, but yeah, check out that stuff at nerdybits.com. Follow, them on, follow us on Twitter at nerdy underscore bits. You can follow me at lubwub everywhere it's important. Um, ben, where can people find you? Everywhere at Sketch Sawyer. Dope. And Dents, do you guys have... Uh, Identifications you want to share? Sure. You can find me at Dennis Stein on Twitter. I don't tweet a lot there. If you check out at Hades Blaseball, I've got a fun Twitter account for Blaseball news for the Hades Tigers. Um, that's uh, by far the more, <laughs> more frequent tweet uh, place. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah, that Blaseball, that Hades Blaseball account's fucking incredible. Taking off. It's very, very, very good. <laughs> yeah. It's very good. Uh, Adam? Uh, yeah, so I'm sort of everywhere at the handle Dentalicious. Um, I don't really do a whole lot on social media, but, you know, you can find me there. Uh, Dentalicious92 on Xbox. If everybody's looking to play games, I'm always game to, to hang out and do always something. Always game to game. Go ahead. Exactly. Give out your always address real quick so they can stop by for a drink. <laughs> Thanks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why not, right? What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> um, it's just the internet. <laughs> it's just the internet. Nothing ever bad happens. Nothing bad ever happens here. I couldn't even say that good. Um, <laughs> before we wrap up, and as we send you on your way, we have a fun fact at the end of the show that we call our Smurf fact that Ben looks up for us. We'll play the little ditty. Smurf facts, oh yeah. Ben, what did you find for us? Uh, for those of you on the Discord, it's going to be a bit of a repeat. For the rest of you listeners... Uh, the famous magicians Penn and Teller have made uh, once upon a time a video game for Sega CD. Um, it was a compilation of games, uh, some side-scroller puzzle games, stuff like that. But one of them was called Desert Bus, where you drive in real time from Tucson, Arizona to Las Vegas in a very static screen on a straight road and a bus. And uh, it takes about eight hours for the trip. You can't pause it. And you can't put the controller down because the bus has a drift, so you'll drive off the road, in which case you have to get towed back to the beginning and also real time. If you've managed to complete this course, you get one point. That's <laughs> <laughs> so mean. What? And the That's world so record is five points. Couldn't <laughs> tell her, brilliant. Uh, so this game has actually become quite famous. There's a VR remake of it, and people play it for charity. So I was say, it yeah, it's they quite play funny. It for charity every every year. It's for, won like thirteen million dollars or some one. I say it's raised like thirteen million dollars for charity yeah. or something. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Wild like that. That's insane. And I can, I can guarantee kind of you for that. I can guarantee you when they made it, that was not their intention. So <laughs> but, every game on their collection was made to fuck with people. Uh, Penn and Teller. So good. Uh, I I was not aware of their their real old um, uh, SNL bit that they did, um, which if you've never seen, you should look up Penn and Teller on SNL because I, I came across it because I read a, a interview uh, that that uh, uh, Penn did um, and uh, was talking about how uh, it was a lot of pressure because they didn't get the act right until it it went live on Saturday night. Whoa. They practiced it like three times, and then somehow he managed to get it right on Saturday night. Um, I'd never seen it before, and it's very good. So uh, another awesome. another dimension to Penn and Teller's um, uh, legend there. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Um, and the quick fun fact of my own, the guys have been seeing me do this all episode. Follow the Twitter account at Burdu, B-E-R-D-U-U. Um, this is that... Uh, dice screenshot artist um his whole twitter yeah. account's full of incredibly beautiful shit um so yeah do that but anyway thanks for listening everybody we'll see you guys next week or i guess hear you guys next week um and until then be safe wear a mask don't be an asshole and play more games because if you never did you should these things are fun fun is good i don't know why i said that like jeff goldblum <laughs> <laughs> adios everybody Goodbye. Yeah. Bye.